just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your weekend is going well. We're kind of in the thick of it. Not as much news coming out of Washington, D.C. or other parts of the country. But there's a lot to talk about. And we can expand on some of those things we've already spoken about. So you get a better feel of what's going on and uh, give you a better perspective on some of the news stories that are happening. And, of course, the infrastructure is the big one. In a few moments, I'm going to give you some specifics as to what the infrastructure bill that passed in the House of Representatives actually covers, and I think that's important. All you hear is $1.2 trillion. It's a big deal. It's historic and all that kind of stuff, and it's going to help the infrastructure. But you need to know what it's really going to do in order to understand the value of what we have in that infrastructure bill. But let's talk about infrastructure. This has been something that's been talked about for five years. In all of Donald Trump's administration, his term of four years, we kept hearing about infrastructure this, infrastructure that. Infrastructure week's coming. Two weeks from now, it's going to be infrastructure week. But you know what? In all that time, in all those four years, not one thing has been addressed regarding infrastructure. And this is a frightening thing because infrastructure in this country is really a problem. We've got a lot of things that need attending to, important things, that also include the safety of the people in this country, yet nobody has done anything about the infrastructure, or not much at all, in the past, what, 40 years, maybe longer than that? That gives you an idea of really how our government works. They do a lot with feeding money to rich people, rich corporations, and those sorts of things. And they are negligent about the things they're really supposed to be paying attention to. And infrastructure should be the first and foremost thing that they have to address. We've got bridges falling down, roads falling apart. We've got uh, buildings and we've got internet infrastructure, water infrastructure, a lot of things going on that should be looked at and just have it. And Donald Trump kept promising, we've got infrastructure week, we've got infrastructure week, but he was never able to pull it off. And I'll tell you why. It wasn't because he didn't have the people around him to actually put together a plan and get it passed. Donald Trump only really cared about how he looked, not about actually doing anything. You saw that throughout his whole administration. He wants the perception of things looking good, but he doesn't really want to put in the work. He's not very detail-oriented, and he really doesn't care if the work is done, just so it looks like he's doing something. I'll give you a case in point. Remember the Ukraine thing where he called the Ukraine president and wanted to find some dirt on Joe Biden prior to the election? He wanted to do something to shut Joe Biden down. And so he could win the election in 2020. He calls up the president looking for some dirt on Joe Biden. And there really wasn't any dirt to be found. 
So Donald Trump told the president through somebody else, he said, look, here's what I need you to do. What I need you to do is start an investigation, announce the investigation into Joe Biden, and then I'll take it from there. Now, that's not the only time we've heard him say something like that. We've heard him talking to the DOJ after the election, after he lost, telling them, we need to find some election fraud. And they would tell him that there is no election fraud. And he basically said, just tell them there's election fraud. And again, I'll take care of it from there. See, Donald Trump's all about rhetoric and bullshit. He doesn't care if it's real or factual or anything like that. It's all about perception. Back prior to being president, he wasn't going to make it on the Forbes 400 richest people in this country. So he did everything he could to cajole and to lie and to cheat to make sure he's on that list. I mean, who really cares in the end? Donald Trump does because he's only concerned about perception. Had nothing to do whether he was worthy of being on that Forbes 400 list. He wanted to be there so people thought he was a billionaire, even though he wasn't. That's the whole thing about Donald Trump. It's all about perception of him not doing any of the work. He's lazy. So for four years, we talked about the infrastructure bill. Nothing got done. And of course, America and the people in America suffered for it. Now, Joe Biden gets in. He's in office for just 10 months. He gets the COVID relief relief bill passed. People get money in their pockets. Things start to get done. And it boosts the economy and it helps the people in this country. That happened within a month or two after he took office. And now 10 months later, we have an infrastructure bill. And not just any infrastructure bill. This is an historic infrastructure bill. $1.2 trillion. This may be one of the biggest efforts toward fixing this country that we've seen certainly in decades or ever. So this is a big deal. You got to wonder with Donald Trump talking about it for four years and not being able to accomplish anything, and Joe gets it done in 10 months while the Republicans are doing everything they can to obstruct him. Now, there are some Republicans that voted for this bipartisan bill, but if it is, in fact, a bipartisan bill, we should have had a number of Republicans vote for it. Because you know what's going to happen when it when it all starts to work and people start seeing some activity from it. All the Republicans will try to take credit for it, even though they didn't vote for it. We've seen it with the COVID relief bill. We'll see it with the infrastructure bill. And we'll see it with the reconciliation bill that's coming later this month. That's what they fucking do. Let's be perfectly honest. The Republicans have been nothing more than obstructionist all through the Obama era through the Trump era, and now into the Joe Biden area. I said this to one trump looking once. I said, tell me something that Donald Trump accomplished during his term. I mean, because they always say to me, I like his policies. I like the way he thinks. Well, okay, tell me about his policies. Tell me what he's accomplished. And I've looked through it over and over again, and the only thing I can see that he accomplished was this, in his terms, amazing, 
tax credit or tax uh, relief bill. Now, the problem with that tax relief bill, a lot of these little people like us think he did us a great favor when, in fact, he didn't. I remember I have a friend that has a you know, medium-sized company. He, he has a number of employees, and he was a Trump fan. And now this is long before, um, you know, a year or two ago. This is back in 2017 when he put together that uh, tax relief bill, the tax credit. And I'm talking to this kid. Now, I've known him ever since I was 14 years old. He was essentially my best friend growing up through high school and college. I love the guy, you know. He was a close friend of mine. But where I grew up in South Minneapolis, when I go back there and I talk to some of the people, it's funny. I'm amazed by how many trump there are back there. I don't know how they got that way because they grew up in the same area I went. They went to the same schools. But maybe it's what they learned at home. That may be. They came from a blue-collar situation. My father was more upper income. That may be slightly different, but you would think it'd be totally the opposite. I'd be the raging Republican. But anyway, I'm talking to him, and we're having a little debate on Trump. Now, he's very careful with me when it comes to debating something with politics because, well, he knows I'm a little sharper than he is, <laughs> which is weird because he's rich now. He's you know he's worth a few million dollars, uh, b- but um, he doesn't want to argue with me. We've been friends too long, and I don't want to argue with him. And I said to him, I said, "Look, man, Donald Trump's a fucking joke. He's not doing anything. What about the tax cut?" I said, "What about the tax cut? Unless you're really rich." You really don't benefit from the tax cut. I said, I looked at him. I said, now, I know you do pretty well and you make some money. I said, I don't know if you make enough money to truly benefit from this tax cut, but maybe you do. And if that's the case, I get it. I said, but what about the middle class? He said, well, I have a number of people. I have a number of people that work for me, 30, 40 people that work for him. And I said, he said, I do their payroll. And it's saving the middle class a lot of money, too. I said, no, it's not. He said, yeah, it is. <laughs> I said, tell me about that. He said, well, I have a bunch of people making anywhere from fifty to $70,000. I see their payroll every week. And these people are saving five, $600 a month on their taxes. I said, dude, that's bullshit. If they're making $50,000 a year, they're not paying $700 a month in taxes. Maybe they are, but they're not going to get relieved of all their taxes. That's too much. That's not happening. Nobody I've ever talked to was saving that much money at that level of income. And he insisted on it. He was arguing with me about it. He says, I see the payrolls. I said, dude, that's not happening. That's just not happening. But that just goes to show you, people will lie to your face. Somebody who's your friend for all of your life, that you trusted with your life, they will lie to make their point. Now, what I'm getting at is that seems to be the only thing that Donald Trump got done during his term, this uh, this tax break. 
Unfortunately, we now know that that tax break breakdowns like this. More than $2 trillion, 85% of that tax cut went to the rich. Now that $2 trillion that went to the rich goes on in perpetuity unless Joe Biden takes it away, repeals it. That goes on in perpetuity. Now, the tax break that we middle class got was maybe 10% of the total of money in that tax break or tax cut, whatever you want to call it. But it only lasted uh, two years. So that tax cut, if you were making any kind of savings because of that tax deal that Donald Trump touts all the time, it's over now. Whatever little bit you were saving, you're not saving it now. They took it away from you. So in all his time in office and all the things he is excited about, the only thing he can tell us is this uh, tax break that he's given all these people. Well, he didn't give the middle class anything at all, which is ironic because when he came in, he promised he would help the people of this country, not the rich people, the people. But when he got into office, totally the opposite. That's a problem with Donald Trump. You can listen to what he says, but you can't count on it being true. In fact, 99.9% of the time, it's not true. And unfortunately, there's a certain faction of people in this country that believe whatever he says. They constantly get uh, robbed by Donald Trump, but they still keep believing. I can only believe that there's stupidity out there. But it's disturbing to understand that there's that much stupidity out there. So Joe Biden gets in. He does what he says he's going to do. He's still got some more things to do. He's got to do the uh, reconciliation bill. Now, we talked about that in the last podcast. The progressive Democrats wanted the reconciliation bill passed first before the bipartisan bill to make sure they came through with that as opposed to just setting it aside and screwing over the progressive Democrats. They have good reason to be worried about that because Manchin, Cinema, the Republicans, none of them are trustworthy. They'll look you in the eye like Donald Trump, lie to your face, and then take it away from you after it's done and act like, oh, that's the way it was going to be. I told you that. That's the gaslighting narcissists do. They will tell you one thing, and then when it doesn't happen, they'll say, oh, I told you about that. And they'll push it and push it and push it. And there's nothing ever that gets done because they never had any intention at all of taking care of what they said they were going to take care of. I'm going to take care of the people of this country, not the rich people. But not once did he do that. He fucked over the middle class. The whole pandemic thing is out of hand. It got the way it got because Donald Trump, once again, was looking for perception and not doing the work. And because he didn't do the work, the pandemic just got out of control. 750,000 people dead. That didn't have to happen. I think whatever studies that have gone on about the pandemic have said that if Donald Trump actually did what he was supposed to do, only... 30% of the 750,000 would have died 
Even still, that's a lot of people. But can you imagine, by just doing your fucking job, you could have saved the lives of 500,000 people, but you didn't do it. And still, people think he's a great guy, think he's a great president. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to believe that they think that. Now, Donald Trump kept touting the economy under him. Greatest economy that ever happened. (laughs) Well, that wasn't true when he said it while he was in office. And the funny thing is, is now that Joe Biden's in, Joe Biden's kicking his ass in terms of the economy. We've got the stock market going up to 36,000. It was under 30,000 under Donald Trump. Donald Trump put together 4.5 million jobs. He created 4.5 million jobs in the first two years of his term. Joe Biden has 5.8 million in the first 10 months. Not hard to understand that that's much better. At one point, there were 886,000 people that were applying for unemployment. Now, again, all these people will say, well, that's because of the pandemic. But as I just told you, the pandemic was Donald Trump's fault. So whatever came from that pandemic is also Donald Trump's fault. Now, now unemployment claims are being filled out by 269,000 people. And that... uh, And that is about at the level we were at prior to COVID, back when it was relatively normal. So Joe Biden's done a lot in 10 months. You can only imagine what would happen or what will happen in the coming next three years, assuming he's given the opportunity to do it, assuming when 2022 comes along, we don't get buried and get Republican back in power because if the Republicans get back in power, then you're going to see obstructionism for two years. They won't do anything. That's why it's absolutely crucial that we get these things done now, not only before 2022, but well before 2022. The more Joe Biden accomplishes, the easier it's going to be in 2022. People are going to see what the uh, Democrats have done. They are going to realize the benefits from these things he's done. And that's going to bode well for the Democrats come 2022. So that's why it's very crucial. Not only does he have to get this infrastructure bill done, which he did, and that is a huge win. That would probably be enough of a win for any president to win the midterms. But probably not in this case, because too many people are uninformed. They listen to Fox, OAN, Newsmax. They don't hear the real facts. So that's all they know. They're uninformed. So until they're informed, Joe Biden has to keep piling on the wins so that he can win for the Democrats in 2022. So the next thing up is the reconciliation bill. Even though they already signed the bipartisan bill, Joe Biden feels like he can get the reconciliation bill done. And there's even more good for the middle class coming with that bill. And that will add to the wins for Joe Biden that will help him in 2022. The other thing we must do, we must get the voting rights bill done. We have to do that. 
the Republicans in various states around the country are working too hard to suppress votes, to game the system so that they win the elections, even though the Republicans are fading here. There's not enough old white men anymore to win elections, so they must cheat, and they've been allowed to cheat. We need to take that away from them by passing the federal voting rights, and that will stymie that whole effort they're making on the state level. So that has to be done. That may be the most important bill that needs to get done. Unfortunately, in order to do that, they're going to have to dick around with the filibuster. Joe Biden, Mansion Cinema, they don't want to get rid of the filibuster. Well, Joe Biden's now feeling it, understanding what's going on, and he's ready to make some changes. Now, to get that voting rights bill passed, they don't necessarily have to get rid of the filibuster. They just need to carve it out, just adjust it, a one-time deal. Uh, Mitch McConnell's done it a number of times, and the Democrats can certainly do it too. But over and above that, there's police reform. Now, both these things, voting rights and police reform, the Republicans have shown no interest in passing those things. None at all. So the only way it can be done is through a reconciliation or getting rid of the filibuster. Well, you, let, me, let, me, let me fix that. As far as the voting rights bill and police reform, you can't do it on reconciliation. You just can't. And here's why. You can only use rec- reconciliation one time a year. And it can only be something having to do with the budget. That's the rule. So voting rights, police reform, you can't use reconciliation. So the only way you can deal with it is get rid of the filibuster or carve out the filibuster so you can pass those bills with a simple majority of 51. And that's what's going to have to be done. Joe Biden's going to have to do that without question. Without question, he's going to have to do that. Otherwise, again, 2022 is at risk because of all the voter suppression. So that needs to be fixed. Joe Biden's in the process of being one of the most productive presidents in history. We've got COVID relief. We've got the $1 trillion infrastructure bill. We've got the reconciliation bill, the voting rights bill, police reform, all these things that are lined up, plus other normal things he has to do. This is going to be quite a job for Joe Biden. I don't see Joe Biden running in uh, 2024, so he needs to get this shit done now. And most of it he needs to get done before 2022 because we don't know if they're still going to have control in the majority after 2022. If he can get a bunch done now, maybe he can hold on to the majority. But if he doesn't hold on to the majority, he better get as much as he can done between now and 2022. Otherwise, he may not have any chance to get anything done after 2022. So it's going to be a very fast and furious year, the next 12 months. It's going to be crazy, and we'll do what we can to keep you up to date with what's happening and how it's impacting the country. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. 
Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Okay, so we know that the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill passed the Senate and the House. So now all that has to be done is Joe Biden sign it, then it's law, and then it starts to happen. Now, we've heard a lot about the infrastructure. Yeah, we need to fix the infrastructure. We need to do some good for this country because it's been ignored far too long. But what's going on in that infrastructure bill? What's actually going to be addressed? What's actually going to be attended to and fixed? I'll give you some of the information here right now, so listen very carefully. They're going to spend $110 billion on roads and bridges. This is a big one. We've got bridges ready to fall down. They should have been repaired years ago. But now the money is there, and the effort will be made. Our roads and bridges will be attended to. Second thing, public transit. They're going to put $39 billion into public transit. This is the largest investment in public transit in history. And this is important. I mean, if we're talking about um, climate change and that sort of thing. The more cars we can get off the road that are gas-powered and get more public transportation, it's going to help us there. Yeah, they want to strip out the climate change and such, but there are things in this infrastructure bill that indirectly help climate change and addressing climate change. So public transit, they're going to put $39 million, largest investment in history, into public transit. Now they're going to put $66 billion into Amtrak, the trains throughout the country. You know, for most of us, we don't think too much about trains in this country. I mean, at one point, years and years and years ago, it was the only way to travel. This is kind of a pet project for um, Joe Biden because he lived in Delaware. His kids were in Delaware all those years. His wife and his daughter died in that car crash. And he used to go back and forth from Delaware to Washington, D.C. on the train. He couldn't afford to fly. Driving was out of question, so he took the Amtrak every day. So that's kind of a pet project to him. And the fact of the matter is uh, Amtrak, or rail travel, has been something that has been underused. Now what they're going to do with this $66 billion on Amtrak is to help build high-speed rail. Now if we have high-speed rail like some other countries, like China or what have you, there might be more people that will benefit from traveling around the country on high-speed rail. Not quite as fast as flying, but certainly quick, efficient, ecologically healthy, and cost-efficient for people. So that's an important one. $66 billion into Amtrak and high-speed rail. They're going to try to build that up. Also, in the infrastructure bill that has now passed... Broadband Internet, they're going to put uh, $65 billion into broadband Internet. They're going to try to make it better, more effective. Uh, 
And they're also going to provide a $30 subsidy for everybody buying the Internet. It's not a ton of money. I probably pay 80 or 90 for the Internet, which is fucking outrageous. We know our Internet is far inferior to a lot of countries around the world. And that's just because nobody's put any money into it and nobody has done anything with it. So now they're going to boost up, tune up the broadband Internet. And uh, it looks like we may be getting a subsidy of $30 a month, which will be a welcome relief. It won't cover all the Internet. It won't give it to us for free, but it'll save us $360 a year in Internet costs. Now, this is also going to work on the electrical grid throughout this country. It's the grid that keeps everything running. And we saw an example of what happens when a grid goes to shit in Texas. Now, you remember, most of the country is on a couple of different grids, west side, east side. But Texas is really smart. They decided to build their own grid, not because it was going to save the people any money, but it allowed people to get into it privately and make billions of dollars off Texans. Well, when they had that winter problem last year and everything shut down and there was no electricity, it was because that grid failed. Now, we haven't really had that problem on a large scale in this country in the two grids that we have. But it's been a long time since we've done anything. Can you imagine if just one of those grids that affect the west or the east side of the country goes to shit? A whole half of the country will be without electricity. And we know how devastating that can be based on what we saw in Texas. That was kind of a microcosm of the country. So we needed to put money back into the electrical grid. They will... uh, put $65 billion into it to upgrade the grid, which is absolutely essential. Now, in addition, they're going to put $7.5 billion into electric cars, buses, and ferries. They're going to put charging stations all over the country. They're going to put out uh, electric school buses. I mean, that's one of the biggest expenses there is in... uh, school districts, transportation. This is the one thing that holds them down, and fuel costs are part of it. They're going to be uh, implementing electric school buses and cars. It's going to give some rebates to those people who decide they want to buy electric cars. I mean, that's a big deal. I kind of want to buy an electric car, but you got to wonder, where am I going to charge it up? How fast is it going to take Or how long is it going to take to charge it up? Can I drive cross-country or can I only drive across town? There's going to be, as I said, $7.5 billion put into that to upgrade everything that is electrical in terms of transportation. Like I said, charging units throughout the country, rebates on buying electric cars. It's going to be a big help to a lot of people. We need to change to the electric cars, and ultimately we will. It sounds like all the... uh, All the major manufacturers of automobiles are seeing what's in the future, and they are in the process of starting to make those changes. There's new companies coming out, too. We've got Tesla, of course. VW is going big into electrical vehicles. 
Um, and uh, there's another one called Rivian, and there's a few others, too. We're going to see a dramatic change in automobiles over the next 20 years. And ultimately, the majority of people will be driving electric vehicles, which will do wonders for, for the economy and for our climate change issues. So they're going to do that with the infrastructure bill. They're also going to attend to clean drinking water. Now, this is one that particularly pisses me off. We've heard the stories about Flint, Michigan, lead in the water, people getting sick and dying from simply drinking the water that's provided by the government. And to be perfectly honest with you, not much has been done with it. So now, this infrastructure bill will put in $55 billion to change out these water lines in Flint, Michigan, other places in Michigan that are having similar problems, and other places around the country. This is a huge problem. They put in lead pipes back before they knew lead had any negative effect on people. Imagine you're drinking water going through lead pipes day after day, year after year, decade after decade. This is not healthy for people. It causes people cancer and to get sick and to die. This should have been done 50 years ago, but it hadn't because nobody bothered to try. The infrastructure bill that Joe Biden just got passed is going to address that, so that's good news. Great Rivers and Lakes, $48 billion is going to that. They're going to do restoration of rivers and lakes. They're going to clean up toxic hotspots in lakes and rivers. Why did it take so long for us to want to fucking do that? Jesus Christ, we've got to take care of this this land if we hope to survive in it. But there will be money paid for that. And $25 billion going to airports. This is in order to modernize them and kickstart a backlog of uh, projects. There's a total of 115 billion projects that are supposed to be done in airports, but the money didn't exist, so they've been on a backlog for a decade or more. All these things that needed to be done to airports weren't being done because the money didn't exist. Congress didn't think it was important to provide money to airports to keep them safe and modernized. So now the airports will get $25 billion. There's probably going to be about $11 billion for safety programs. Programs to make things a little safer, make travel safer. And that's something that certainly needs to be done. As a guy who did uh, traffic reporting for 27 years, I worked in a uh, traffic management center for the Minnesota Department of Transportation. For 27 years, I watched hundreds of cameras all over the freeway systems. That's what I did. I watched them, and then I did reports on what's going on in the system after watching the cameras. You cannot fucking believe what I've seen on those cameras. Imagine that, watching five, 600 cameras every day for 27 years. I've seen some amazing shit out there. Some crazy shit by drivers, some horrible accidents, roads buckling, bridges falling apart. You might remember we had that big 
bridge failure in Minnesota. It was a 35W bridge over the Mississippi River. This is the weird thing about it. I'd been working for 20 years at that point, maybe maybe more, maybe less. Um, and I'd taken a vacation. My wife and I, my two sons, ironically enough, went to Washington, D.C. We had a great time. I'm standing in front of the U.S. Capitol. <laughs> we just had done a tour of the Senate. I get a call from my mother-in-law, and she said, Did you hear? I go, Did I hear what? She said, The 35W bridge over the Mississippi River collapsed. I go, No fucking way. That didn't happen. I've never seen anything like that. Now, if there was ever a time that I needed to be doing traffic reports is when something that important happened. But I'm standing there in front of the U.S. Capitol after a tour of the Senate, <laughs> and I'm hearing this. The idea that a bridge in a metropolis over a river fails, breaks, kills people, injures people, and takes down a major, major artery in that metropolitan area is fucking mind-blowing. So, I've seen a lot of stuff when it comes to roadways and traffic. I've seen failures. I've seen bad designs. I have seen all kinds of things. And this is something that needs to be attended to. Safety is a big issue for departments of transportation. And if they can get more money, like this $11 billion, it's going to help them to shore up informational things and things that make it safe for you and I to travel on our freeways. That is absolutely essential. All right. That's what's on the infrastructure uh, bill. There's probably more there too, but those are the basic most important things that you'll hear about. So at least you understand now what's going on. That infrastructure bill was passed. It is historic. Um, and it's going to do a lot of good. It's going to make Biden and the Democrats look good. We still have to get the reconciliation bill. And that stuff is going to be more impact for the people, the middle class of this country. Because whether you like it or not, we as a people are part of the infrastructure. We need to get help with child care, health care, Medicare. All those things need to be done. So that's why the reconciliation bill has to pass. But for the infrastructure bill for this country, this is an amazing feat. It's never been done before. Joe Biden, the Democrats, were able to pull this off. Because remember, the Republicans did very little to make this happen. It's supposed to be a bipartisan bill, but only 13 Republicans in the House voted for it. How bipartisan is that? And the people that did vote for it, the Republicans that did vote for it, are getting harassed by the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, and all that shit. So the Republicans didn't do much when it came to the infrastructure bill. And when it comes to the reconciliation bill, they will do nothing. Nothing. And that's not going to help them in 2022. Now, I've talked about this before, and I want to talk about it again because I believe it's important. Somebody on TikTok came to me and said, what is your opinion on student loan forgiveness? And I have a definite opinion of it. Now, I want to preface this by saying that if they put this student loan forgiveness in effect, 
I am not directly going to benefit from it. Both my sons went to college. My wife and I decided we would pay for their college, which we did. So I'm not getting any money back if there's any kind of forgiveness. I'm beyond that point. But the thing is, when you're looking at low loan forgiveness for education, you got to look at the bigger picture. And unfortunately, in this world, people can't look beyond the end of their nose. What am I going to get? Why are they getting something that I'm not going to get? I went to college and I paid. Why should somebody else get freed up and get an easy free ride? That's how they look at it. But you can't look at it that way. It's like, it's like when you live in a neighborhood, your kids have grown up, left school, and they have some kind of um, some kind of bill where they want to get more money infused into the district. People will say, well, my kids are done. I don't have to do that. So no, they're not looking at the big picture. Now, whether district, school districts waste money or not, that's a totally different story. And I have a serious opinion about that, too. I think they do waste a lot of money. But in terms of uh, the student loan thing, how is it going to affect somebody like me who's 61 years old or somebody who's 65 years old? Kids are growing up. Maybe you've paid for their um, school loans or maybe they're still paying for it. But here's the deal. We are going to have a generation of people in this country that will leave college with a debt of fifty to $100,000, sometimes even more than that. These are young people trying to break into society, break into the economy and live their lives and try to have a good life. But they're immediately saddled with debt that's burying them. Now, You may look at it as if we forgive their loans that they're just getting a free ride. It's not fair because I didn't get a free ride. But think of it this way. you got to look at the long game. If we've got a whole generation while we're retiring or whatever we're doing, this whole generation has no real buying power because they're so deep in debt. At some point, you may want to sell your home. But if there isn't enough people able to afford your home, either because of how much money they have or the debt load they carry and they don't qualify, and you can't sell your home, what happens? Your home value goes down. So as much as you didn't get the free ride you think these millennials are getting, you're going to get screwed in the end because your house is going to be of less value. And say you own a business, say you own a car lot, If these kids are buried in debt, how many new cars are they going to buy from you? How many products are they going to buy from your hardware store, your department store, whatever? It's going to be a completely different lifestyle than we are used to, completely different lifestyle than we had. We needed some things, we went out and bought it. But if you strap these kids so hard and they can't buy anything, It's going to make their lives miserable, certainly. And by forgiving the loans, it will help them out dramatically. But it will also help this country. It will also help the economy. And it will keep things moving forward. Now, let's be honest. The amount of money kids owe for colleges is absolute bullshit. How the prices on college have gone up so rapidly, I don't know. To me, I think it's just gouging. 
these big colleges are gouging kids. Why? Because they can get away with it. And it goes back to something I've said before. You've got the rich. You've got colleges. You've got medical care. These people gouge and gouge and gouge, and they're like a dog eating food. They don't stop until the food is gone. But the problem is, if you keep gouging people with medical prices or schooling prices or anything, eventually you're going to break them. And when you break them, they are done, and it's a horrible experience for them. But these big-time schools and the medical organizations, what are you going to do? You've got nobody left to mine your fucking fortunes from because you finally broke them. Your businesses, your values of your businesses are going to dissipate quickly. So this is what I mean. I am for forgiving student loans, but it can't stop there. We can forgive the loans, but we also must do something with the cost of schooling. It's outrageous. You don't have to be a financial expert to understand that if I go to school and I pay $100,000 for schooling and I get out and I make anywhere from thirty dollars to $50,000, that's not a good financial investment. What's going to happen is fewer and fewer kids are going to go to college. That's a downside for the colleges. They're going to make less money. They'd be better off bringing the prices down, and they will have to bring the prices down if fewer kids go to college. They'll either go to some trade school or they'll get certifications online. I know my son, he went to school for four years. We paid for that. The opportunities are limited. He wants something better, so he's taking certification classes online so he can work in IT and do something he wants to do and make actual money. He has to do that in addition to having gone to college. It's fucking ridiculous. If you're going to spend that much money on college, you better get an opportunity for a good job when you leave. Otherwise, it's a poor fucking investment. Now, the other thing to consider is they talk about in the reconciliation bill about giving two years free college to kids. That is a fucking brilliant idea because, again, you've got to think of the long game. The more people that are educated in this country is going to be better for this country. They're going to get better jobs. They're going to be smarter. They're going to be able to do research. They're going to be able to look into new ideas because they have that education. That in itself is worth the cost of two years of community college because it will help the economy. It'll get more people making more money, and they will pay more in taxes, which put more money into the government system, and it's more it's healthier for, for the economy. They're going to be more productive. And let's be perfectly fucking honest. This country has a productivity problem. We don't make anything anymore. We farm everything out to China or wherever else, Vietnam. All we, do ha- all we have here is, I don't know, gig work. And that's a sad state of affairs for this country. This country is fucking far better than that. So... For the person who asked me, and for those of you who have been thinking about it, I want you to think about this student loan forgiveness. And don't think about what you're getting ripped off from because you didn't get that loan forgiveness. Think about the future. Think about the economy. Think about what you're going to do when nobody can afford the shit you're selling. All right. 
We're going to wrap things up. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk about more stuff as we're headed into yet another week. Now, Congress, as I understand, it's going to be off next week. Must be fucking nice not to have to work one week, come back for another week, and then take another week off for Thanksgiving. See, that's the other thing about getting shit done. These motherfuckers barely work, so we got to get them when they're actually working. All right, enough said about that. We're going to wrap it up. Hope you have a great day. We will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.